Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's time for Come and Talk It with your host, Michael Cargill, brought to you by Texas Law Shield. Over the last decade, Michael has championed and supported the rights of law-abiding Texans to own and use firearms. He is the owner of Central Texas Gunworks, a veteran of the United States Army, and has achieved national exposure in such prestigious media outlets such as Forbes Magazine, Fox Business News, CNN Money, AOL, BBC World News, Huffington Post, and the New York Times. Cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics. And now, here's Michael Cargill. Good day, Austin, Texas, the live music capital of the world. Let's praise the Lord and pass the ammunition. Man, I'm telling you, I got an expiring story for you today. You know, this week, I actually had a young man walk into the gun store, Central Texas Gunworks. You know, and, you know, we get a lot of customers that come in and I'm like, okay, you know, what's, you know, what's this person's story here? Well, this guy walks into the gun store. And he walks in, he says, hey, you know, I am newly left-handed. He, wa- he, had, he had lost his right arm. He lost his, his right leg. He says he's new to being left-handed. And so exactly one year ago this week, he actually had a motorcycle accident in Austin, Texas. And a, a truck pulled out with a trailer in front of him while he was on his motorcycle and he hit the truck. When he hit the truck, it ripped his right arm off. He flipped over the motorcycle, hit the ground, ended up losing his, le- his right leg. So, you know, the guy was in a coma for over a month in the hospital here in Austin, Texas. So exactly one year ago today, he walks into the gun store and he says, hey, you know, I'm new to do this left-handed stuff. I don't even know how to write left-handed. I can't even sign my name with the left hand. I, want, I need to buy a gun, and I need to learn how to shoot with my left hand. So, you know, we had to help him fill out the 4473 because he couldn't fill it out himself. He still had to sign it himself, you know, so he had to try to sign his name, you know, the best way he could with his left hand. I said, okay, now we need to teach you how to load the gun, you know, because he'd already shot before, but he was right-handed. So we had to teach him how to load. So we taught him how to load the gun. We taught him how to rack the slide with one hand. And I said, you go home tonight. I need you to practice. And so he did it. This takes drive and determination. He goes home. He practices. He loads. We gave him some snap caps. He loaded snap caps in the magazine. He practiced racking the slide the way we told him. 
And then he comes the very next day, first thing in the morning, and he takes the likes to carry handgun course. We, he sits through the whole class. You know, we had a great time. Goes out to the gun range. And you're taking a look at these videos right now. I want you to take a look at a couple of videos. And where this guy's at the gun range. And he's loading the magazine. He racks the slide. And his very first shot hits the X. This is the very first time that he fired his gun after losing his right arm, right leg. So now he has a prosthetic right leg. He has a prosthetic right arm. Um, but he needs to learn how to shoot with that one hand. Because what if something happens? He doesn't have his prosthetic right arm. So very first shot, boom. He hits the X. He's loading the magazine. He starts, this guy is loading the magazine faster than the majority of people that are on the firing line. That is an, that is an inspiration right there. And, and, and I'm telling, you know, I, I'm sitting there and I'm looking down the line. I'm looking at everyone that's on the line. It's like, look, this guy's got one arm, one leg. And let me tell you, you talk about a one-legged, and I, I say this a lot, you know, it's like a one-legged man in the ass-kicking contest. Uh, he was definitely winning, and that's how you do it. Uh, I, he is my inspiration. You know, Pat, Patrick, you, you inspired me. You know, when I think that things are going bad, you know, I, I, I know there's always a way. There's always a way that you can dig deep and you can push through and work through whatever issues that you, you know, that you have. And he did that. You know, that, man, that's, that's inspiration right there. Uh, you know, coming to class says, hey, you know what? I'm not going to let this beat me. I'm not going to let the fact that, you know, I lost my arm, right arm. I lost my right leg. I'm not going to let this get me down. I'm going to dig deep, and I'm going to do this. I'm not going to let it beat me. And that's what he did. That is, and that's how you do it, people. So if you're nervous about taking your license to carry handgun course, you're nervous about learning how to shoot, you know, I get people that will come to the gun range, will start crying, you know, after firing their first shot at the range. You know, instead of, you know, we, we can work. I, I tell my, my, my safety officers, we're like gun therapists. You know, we get you out to the gun range. Uh, we get you comfortable and start whispering in your ear, you know, sweet nothings and all that good kind of stuff. And we can get you where you, you start firing again. And take a look at some of these other videos uh, because this guy, man, I, I'm just so impressed. You know, I, I, I just, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm amazed. I really am. So I have a I have a bone to pick with you because uh -oh. when we went to the range together, uh -oh. I didn't get any sweet nothings whispered well, in my ear. Well, you know, <laughs> I didn't give you, you sure I didn't give you sweet nothings. There were zero nothings. I think I gave you and some they weren't sweet if they were there. I gave you a little bit of sweet of something. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And just a reminder, watch where you're driving. Motorcycles are there. Yeah. I lost my uncle um, because a woman was texting and driving and never hit the brakes. He didn't even make it to the hospital. So. Watch where you're driving. Your life is not more important than theirs. Um, that's a really touchy subject for me personally. And, and, and be careful, especially in Austin. Y'all are all awful drivers. Slow down. Put your phone down. And the, and the bad thing about this guy, uh, the guy that actually pulled out in front of him, he had very minimum insurance. Mm -hmm. So uh, his, ins you know, he had, his insurance had to cover most of it because the guy had very little coverage. And so now he's got to start a he's got to find a new job, total new job. And he this guy is smart. He's quick, you know, at learning stuff. Uh, very, very, very quick up to speed. 
And so it, it's sad, you know, that something like this actually happened to him. Very sad, you know. And my hat's off to him. My, my, you know, man, Patrick, dude, I love you. Great guy. Great guy. Uh, hopefully, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, I want to get him to start a GoFundMe page uh, because, you know, he, he doesn't know. He, he's not really working. And so it's hard. You know, there's no, in, there's no insurance money. There's no settlement because it was just enough just to cover, he had to cover the, um, the medical bills. So, you know, it's a very, very sad situation. And this guy, man, this guy's, he's a great gun guy. He loves firearms, you know, very de- good determination and everything. Like he's a great gun guy now, you're saying? like No, he was always, a, he was always yeah. a gun guy. He just wanted to, to see that he still developed the skill. He, wanted, he said, you know, I want to see if I can do this. You know, he walked in, and, yeah. and you could tell he was nervous at first. Yeah. You know, he, he you know, stuttered a little bit, but he walked in, and it's like, man, you know, I want to do this. You know, at the risk of sounding indelicate, the great philosopher Peter Sloterdijk says that only when we're crippled, and he means this not just literally but also figuratively, can we develop the internal long-range will to overcompensate for our circumstances and actually live in a better way than we could have otherwise. Mm. And I, I don't mean to you know, be trite about the example at, at your class, but perhaps his skills, not just as a, a gunman, uh, but as a man in general, can only really now be developed in a way that he might have he missed for the rest of his life. Right. He's def- I, I think he's definitely a better person. He jokes. He's he's uh, he he's a funny guy too because he talks about how you know I used to weigh you know you know one eighty five or something like that. He goes now I'm down to one thirty five because I'm just you know only half my weight's gone. Wow. <laughs> you know? Wow. He jokes about that. Not everybody can lose a literal arm and a leg. Yeah, and and continue on. Yeah. Yeah. So, man, this is this is a great guy. You got to meet this guy. So hopefully you know one of these days we'll get him into the studio here. We'll get a chance to. Introduce him to everybody. You know, great guy. But you know what, Cody? You guys got some stuff going on. What, Defense Distributed? Defense Distributed. America's got some stuff going on, Mike. America. What what does America have going on, This president, who I will remind every listener, is demented, has decided he is considering, in quotes, that's me putting scare scare quotes here, like this president could consider anything, but he's considering uh, a ban on so-called ghost guns. All right, hold that thought. We come back from the break. Going to get into that. Going to talk about ghost guns. Going to talk about uh, President Biden. Going to talk about universal background checks. Going to talk about what happens uh, when the federal government decides to remove the three-day waiting period for you to get your firearm. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Folks, this is Doug Man Jones. <laughs> And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill at Come and Talk It. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Talk 13.7. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're back and we're talking about everything today. We're going to talk about universal background checks. 
I want to talk about what happens if the federal government decides to remove the three-day waiting period requirement uh, for you to obtain your firearm after it's transferred to you by a federal firearms license dealer. And for some reason, there's something in your history, your criminal history, that they delay the transaction. What happens with that? You know, going to talk about that. We're also talking about what's happened with uh, some other things that this current administration is trying to do with firearms. And we're talking with uh, Cody Wilson with DEFCAD. Yeah, Cody. yeah. DEFCAD and Defense Distributed. Google it, Radio Land. So, <laughs> you know, President Biden has been, let's say, pressed by the gun control lobby. And this is every town, Newtown Alliance, Brady, all the all the classics, all the Bloomberg groups. And they've asked him for meaningful action on banning uh, the home building of guns all across America. And he's actually considering that he might have the executive power to do it, or so Politico would have us believe. Mm. And let's bring into this conversation Derek Wills. Derek, on with Skype there. Yeah. Derek, welcome to Come Talking. What's up, sir? Oh, what's up, Michael? Uh, Cody, I'm a huge fan of yours. I've been a fan for a long time, and I may or may not have a profile with DefCat. So I, 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 I'm not going to— Can neither confirm nor deny. No, no, no. Yeah. I definitely can't for, for the uh, Alphabet boys that are watching and <laughs> listening and all of our, all of our favorite people. Uh, the whole thing is—I mean, I don't, I don't have to tell you. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. The— First of all, our natural right to possess the tools that we just deem necessary for defending our life, liberty, and property is itself a natural right, and so any inhibitor, any infringement upon that is um, is a violation of our natural rights. This also violates property rights. If you can't possess a CNC file or a 3D printable file or a miniature CNC machine that – I don't know, maybe like a Ghost Gunner 3, um, well, then they're prohibiting your uh, your ability to possess property. So this is a violation all around. As far as executive action is concerned, when well, we have our, his predecessor to thank for changing the definition of a quote-unquote machine gun to include bump stocks because reasons. So yeah, that's right. um, we'll, we'll see. The, I mean— I don't. I have zero faith in the state. That's that's why I'm. That's why I'm not a statist. So I, that's yeah. the right point of view, brother. Now, if we look under the hood, <laughs> like uh, what Biden is trying to do, right? Like, what's the theory for banning our, you know, ancillary right to make firearms in a country that allows you to keep and bear them? Apparently, the idea is to tie the law into a pretzel in such a way that anything that can become a firearm or is a component of a firearm also meets the federal definition of a firearm. And you see how that's the one of the slippery slopes you could create. Uh, the ATF would basically be given the power to control, I don't know, all of commerce, all of manufacturing by these definitions. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, for right now, the fact that a lower receiver is by definition a firearm, uh, that that in and of itself is indicative of that very point. Uh, same thing is, is for like an auto seer or anything along those lines. It's asinine that a piece of metal is can be classified by as anything other than a piece of metal. Uh, you know, a, a gun muffler is for some reason regulated more harshly than even a standard handgun is, and all it is is a tube with some baffles in it. We need we need to actually press to the people at home just just where this is at. I mean, I don't know if you heard this, brother, but uh, the cat behind uh, autokeycard.com, 
everybody out there, Google autokeycard.com. This guy's in Florida, and all he does is he sells a, a, a metal card that you can get in the mail, and it has the outline of a lightning link on it. And for those at home, you know, a lightning link is simply a couple pieces of metal that you can add to your, to your AR-15 lower to make it shoot a little faster. Okay, but all this guy does is sell a card with an outline of a component on it. Very simple component. This is just a hair's breadth away from banning someone selling the drawings uh, for a component, right? It's essentially just the drawings printed on a piece of metal. Are we really going to allow the ATF, the Biden administration, and Biden I've pointed out in the previous segment, is demented? Are we really going to allow this demented government uh, to say that we can't even exchange like the shapes for the components related to the the firearms that we are allowed to somehow keep and bear? I mean, if it was up to me, I'd absolutely say no, but I have zero faith in humanity. We, as a culture, we as a people, uh, have have done the very have set all of the precedent to get us up to this point. And to I, I won't put faith in the the courts to do the right thing because the courts are part of the same state that is trying to uh, do these very insidious things. Uh, and so what really needs to happen is we need to focus on changing the culture and and not only saying enough is enough, we're not going to take any more infringements, but demand and do what might be necessary in order to ensure that the current infringements do go away. That's, I think it's the right point of view. And on that note, then, I think um, Defense Distributed and Gun Owners of America, we issued a, a joint letter to the, to the Biden White House. And we said, look, not that you care, because you certainly didn't ask, but millions of people in this country make firearms for themselves. They make the AR-15, they make the 1911. These are classic patterns, which are, at this point, antiques, classics of a previous century and are in common use by any definition of that term, legally or otherwise. Many uh, companies in this country have, have made sure that millions upon millions of AR-15 pattern rifles have been put in the hands of any American who wants them, okay? I'm thinking of Palmetto State Armory. I'm thinking, obviously, of, of our work at Defense Distributed. And then, of course, there's Polymer 80. We told this administration, uh, we will stand for these Americans who make these guns, these popular firearms, by the millions. And there's no conceivable way or stretch or use of the ATF or its powers that could criminalize uh, the manufacture of these components, uh, the, the DIY construction of these firearms, or like what New York State wants to do, literally somehow regulate you putting your own gun back together. Like this is a place uh, that we're not going to let you go. And, an, and a, number, like a, a way to ensure that beyond just writing mean letters and going to court is to make sure that we as a gun culture, we don't just buy our AR-15s. We make them. We exchange them with people. We cultivate the drawings and the engineering and the, and the plans behind these guns, and we spread them uh, to everyone who wants them. No, I think I think you're right on. I, I just, it's going to take a lot more people to be on board. And I saw in the Facebook comments, uh, somebody yeah. said that they're still they're still on the fence about the whole idea of 3D printed or machined at home firearms. That's the thing that we need to change. Because people need to understand that if you're on the fence about these things, you're on the fence about liberty itself. You need to understand that liberty is fundamental. It is quintessential to the individual. And we, as a, as in, as a group of individuals united under the common goal of liberty, we cannot give a single 
inch or be uncertain about anything whatsoever. We need to be absolutely a thousand percent all in on the concept of liberty. And that includes the liberty that we don't like. That includes the, the liberty that we absolutely hate. And that also includes the liberty that we're not entirely sure about. So we need to be we need to spread the, the notion that liberty for everybody, liberty for in all of its aspects, good, bad and ugly, are all wonderful things and that we as individuals have the solutions to the things that would be considered bad by the overwhelming majority of people. As far as your point about popularity, it, it, I mean, I know the I know the the rationale behind saying this is an incredible, po incredibly popular uh, platform on which people like to go hunting with or, or what have you use for self-defense, home protection, what have you. The issue is that popularity doesn't matter. Liberty isn't granted on the basis of popularity. And if Biden and his administration or Trump and his previous administration or any person sitting in the Oval Office or any member of Congress doesn't understand that it doesn't matter if it's popular or not, this is a, a, a violation of our natural rights, then you making any point about its popularity or anything else is going to have the exact same result. It's going to fall on deaf ears. All right, we're talking with Cody Wilson. We're talking about defense distributor. We're talking about DefCAD. We're talking about 3D printed guns. We're talking about ghost guns. Well, really talking about ghost guns. No, we're talking about 3D printed guns. No, same. we're talking about ghost guns. It's all the same. We're talking about universal background checks. We're going to talk about what happens if, you know what, what if they remove that three-day waiting period? How's that going to affect you? This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. Peace, this is Maj Toure. You're listening to Come and Talk at Radio with Michael Cargill. Talk 13.7, the right choice. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so we're talking with Cody Wilson, talking about defense distributed, talking about DevCAD. We're talking about ghost guns. We're talking about this current administration and what in the world is going on. We are under attack, seriously. But we're under attack long before this president got in office. We're always under attack. Doesn't matter if it's a Republican, doesn't matter if it's a Democrat. We're, our Second Amendments are always under attack. But we're really at, we're at Def, DEFCON 5 right here. We're in there. Cody. You know, that's, that's a joke, Mike. Uh, there's a play of words behind why we named our file site DEFCAT, right? It was, a, it was a play on DEFCON. It was a defense condition, kind of Cold War, you know, tongue-in-cheek thing. It was like, well, at some point, they'll, there will be a war on you having access to these kinds of files. I didn't think that would literally be like three years after I created the website. <laughs> you know? But, you know, whatever. Happy to be right. Uh, so, you know, to, to the caller's point in the last segment, um, okay, well, sure, we can, we can use a lot of energy as a culture. Let's say the Second Amendment owning public or the 75 million who voted for Trump. Depends on how you slice this and dice this. But we can spend a lot of our energy being like, look, government, you're violating our rights. You know, or, uh, as has been said, politics is the art of the possible, right? If millions of people truly use the AR-15, exchange the plans, have the ammo, it's a, it's a constant part of daily life. It makes it impossible, I mean from a, their point of view, to really mess with it. 
Same thing with the brace, right? They were ready. Uh, what's her What's her face? That ATF was ready to get rid of the brace as like a sacrificial act for the incoming Biden administration. Oh, yeah. And enough people love that brace to where, look, this isn't, I'm not saying it's good politics. I'm just saying uh, Sig and everybody had sold enough of that piece of equipment. They were like, this is impossible. You're not going to do this. Yeah. Uh, and Mitch McConnell could lean on, on what's her face? Lombardo, is that her name? Mm-hmm. What a Guido name. Anyway, so, <laughs> so. So she had to retract her, her, you know, and that's, that's the reality, right? We didn't have to convince Regina, Regina, right? In Latin, which means queen. We didn't have to convince her that she was violating our rights. No, you're fine. And then so, <laughs> hey, so let's talk about uh, Richard Schley. Richard says, hey, the universal background check is needed in all caps. He says needed. Too many bogus and or mentally unstable people are buying guns is what he says. Well, you know what, Richard? You know what? See, I can say this. I think you're racist. I'm gonna tell you why. You know why? Because gun control is racist. Here's why. You know, and and Richard, look yourself in the mirror and just look at yourself and just say, I'm racist, and I admit it. I'm just a racist. All right. So the problem is, you know, it goes back to the 1600s. You know, everything, every step that we've made about guns, it's all about controlling a group of people. You know, it's all about controlling. Let's see. Uh, back in the 1600s, the Indians, we said, you know what? You cannot sell firearms to indigenous people, the Indians. And then they said, you know what? You can't repair firearms to in- indigenous people, the Indians. And then they said, you know what? If you do this, the punishment is going to be death. And then, you know, we speed forward a little bit. We got into those Jim Crow laws that, hey, you know what? Free slaves can't ask ha- can have access to firearms. And then let's speed forward a little further. You know, we got into, okay, let's talk about, okay, well, you you know, certain people can have loan guns. You can have loan guns. You know, we're not going to touch those for certain people. And then, you know, but handguns, we're going to start regulating those. You know, so it's all about control. It's all about, you know, so who are you really trying to control? You know, and you may be, for all I know, you may be a little rapist or something like that, you know, because that's usually the people that are trying to, you know, take my guns away. Usually those little child rapists. You know, you know, sex offenders and stuff like that. So, Richard, what's up? Come on, Richard. You trying to take my guns from me? You blown up Richard in the chat there, Mike. That was you didn't have to nuke his front lawn. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, the simple fact of the matter is, anyone who thinks gun laws are going to protect you haven't been paying attention. If criminals were going to follow the law, well, they wouldn't be criminals. Gun laws only prevent law-abiding citizens from being able to effectively protect themselves. Right. And if you don't understand that, then you don't understand liberty, and I don't even know why you're on the show. Right, right. Yeah, it's, it's so, you know... Well, you it's because can... ATF pays people to monitor your chat, Mike. Yeah, they do. So, you know, I mean, he's got to... Like I said, he's on the Fed. Yeah. Call in, Richard. Let's talk. <laughs> I want to talk to you. He's on the phone with the ATF, seeing if his rates go up, if he actually has to use his voice and not just be a keyboard warrior. <laughs> oh... Oh, well, call on in. I want to talk to you. Let's talk about it. All right. So, hey, so, Cody, yeah, uh, we, you hear about the uh, this three-day waiting period bill, the bill that they said, yeah. hey, you know what? Uh, and we need to remove the three-day waiting period because uh, what if, you know, we, we need to give the, the federal government a little more time to, you know, say yes or no for a person to proceed with that transaction. Right. So back last year, when everything shut down the country back in 2020 in like April – in May and March, they start. They actually delayed transactions for like thirty days. Said, "Hey, you know what? Yeah. You're delayed three days, but instead of three days, we're gonna delay you thirty days before we transfer this firearm to you." 
Unless you have a license to carry a handgun. You have your handgun license, then you can take the handgun home. You don't have to get a background check. But if you don't have your handgun license and we delay that transaction, you got to wait 30 days. That's crazy. It is crazy. And it's, in fact, it's illegal. A lot of states got sued for that behavior. A lot of states and municipalities got sued for that uh, during COVID. And rightly so, uh, you know, Second Amendment Foundation, GOA, th those people were winning those cases. Uh, I don't expect uh, that the three-day waiting period in a bill by itself uh, gets removed or that Brady, the Brady bill gets somehow updated. What I worry about is uh, a large bill, let's say like in August or something, some kind of general omnibus spending bill or the Defense Authorization Act bill or something. That's where they can tuck in some of this waiting period stuff or this registration stuff, and they can peel off a Mitt Romney, you know, right, or a Murkowski right. type who can be like, well, you know, I support, you know, funding the government, so what was I going to do? I don't, I don't think any of these gun bills right now, they're being introduced at the pressure of the anti-gun groups who want to see action this early in the Biden administration. They want to see robust, you know, show me, show me you love me, Biden, show me. And so they're <laughs> leaking these stories to the press, and they're trying to, you know, Sheila Jackson Lee, everybody's out there being like, look, we care, we care, we care, but right now, I don't think that's anything for us to worry about. This is uh, the, the the powers that be, Pelosi and the incoming administration saying, hey, look, you know, we see you. We see you out there, anti-gunners. Yeah, here you go. We're going to throw you a bone. Mm. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you're right, you know, because now they're saying, hey, you know, we're going to take away that three-day waiting period. We're not going to make it 30 days. We're going to say it's indefinite. So you're going to wait until the government says, hey, you know, your background check passes. So it can be and indefinite now. This is the definition of abuse of process. You know, you have um, you have a Fifth Amendment right, right? You have the right to due process of law, okay? Especially when that concerns another right, which is your Second Amendment right to keep and bear arms. You're mm. gonna have to have a process that is followed strictly because this is one of the laws, uh, and I mean one of the privileges of citizenship completely enshrined in the Bill of Rights. So you're never gonna get some kind of indeterminate period that's gonna get lit up in the next federal court and everybody knows it, a bill on its own on this on this matter never passes. All right. Anthony, what do you think? I mean, I just... Get a little closer. I mean, I just disagree with the whole thing in general. I mean, like, why should we even accept what the government says regarding guns? Like, I don't care what they have to say regarding what because weapons we, I can and can't. Because we have to. They'll put us in jail, Anthony. No, but I think, like, <laughs> they, can, they can try. <laughs> the state has a monopoly on violence, that's why. No, they're a bunch of little gangsters. They will put us in jail. Yeah, but they may or may not have a monopoly on violence. It doesn't make it right, does it? If, if we, like, there's, what, five of us in this room, there's um, what, what, what the majority has to say on this matter. I don't think anyone at the table here agrees that anything we're discussing is, is right. You know, it's, we're, we're talking about what power is and isn't going to do. Right. right. What power can and can't conceive as possible. And then we're trying to navigate from within this range of possibilities. Uh, right, I, kind of. But I think that, again, like, if the institution is, like, yeah, it's it, it fundamentally immoral and corrupt. Yeah, like why are we even giving it its due anyway? Why don't we just completely ignore it and just wash our hands of it? Well, I think we can, insofar as that's possible, right? Like, don't collaborate with this administration, right? If they invite you to the White House, don't go. Yeah. Uh, they want you to vote, don't vote, right? But there's certain things you're gonna have to do to to participate in in life here. Right? Elaborate. Uh, that's gonna be paying your taxes, right? And that's gonna be not going on like let's say crime sprees and like calling attention to yourself in a way that uh, no, I agree with that, right? Obviously, people like so, me like, do. Yeah, doing violence and whatever would be would be immoral, but yeah. like I never I never suggested doing anything like that. But just yeah. as far as like why do why why is it that I seem to take a very hard line approach to this that government is wrong should never be engaged with and you should have a more flexible kind of 
approach to this where you believe that some aspects of the government we should participate with and some we shouldn't like where where do you draw that line what's your guiding principle and what is okay to follow and what is not okay to follow given the fact that we both agree that the government is corrupt and immoral uh, i'll say this right like it it never hurts you to delay things in legal process so let's say like at the courts for yeah. example because uh, you might always you, you, you could get lucky now you usually won't but you right. could get lucky and it ties it up uh the other thing i'll say is the gun industry as it exists is actually who protects like the mantle of our liberties in this space all right it's not because a bunch of politicians like really love our liberty so much and we no, have to convince those politicians mm -hmm. we have large industrial organizational groups uh, like the nssf and so you're saying that my, you're saying that my rights are underpinned by these large corporations and I'm that's where like, my rights come from? largely as a structure of like modern late capital your rights are uh accidentally coincidentally protected by like the large industrial interest okay in uh in selling but what happens product. when my rights don't like follow this like oh, you're, you're this about group. to see in six months <laughs> <laughs> you gonna learn today let me tell you and so this discussion right is one of knowing you know the the Biden administration is feeling its oats it knows it uh, has all the legal cover to take uh, large action on guns sweeping action even executive action which is not even underpinned by the fiction of of law or the bill of rights and it's just it's determining what it can and can't get away with and so our our kind of soundings uh in this space are meaningful because uh as mike and, uh, and other callers have told mike uh, have said the administration doesn't quite know what to expect in this moment and yeah. is perhaps feeling uh unsure about what to do and it's okay to make it uh, insecure in its decision making. It, they got to decide. Do we want to make millions of people felons overnight? You know, yes. well, yes. well, you know we know the answer is yes. They perhaps. do want those people to be felons, <laughs> but at what cost, right? And the Biden administration has to weigh. Well, we have all this political capital at the beginning of my. You know, this is Biden's honeymoon. Apparently, sixty percent of the American public enjoys the Biden administration right now. Mm -hmm. Does it want to sacrifice twenty percent approval to? You know, I don't know. Get one over on all those those knuckle dragging gun owners out there. It probably does. Uh, but at what other cost to what other programs, right? We've got a big immigration bill we can get done. We've got a million other things. And so it's understanding this juggling of priorities, which is, I agree, is within a, an overall fraud, right? And we don't want to continue to allow that fraud to operate. Right. I certainly don't. I don't want to, like, run for office. And, mm -hmm. But uh, I do think we have to recognize the realities of that fraud, its mechanics, and understand what can and can't be done from within, you know, very strict, practical framework. You're going to have some irreparable consequences of some of the legislation that they're trying to pass. You know, you pass universal background checks. You got to look at who that's going to affect. That's going to affect people who are pulled over by police. Well, you know what? They just passed the bill to, you know, like George Floyd bill and, yeah. you know, some other bill yeah. uh, to protect a certain group of people. Well, guess what? When you pass universal background checks, that bill is going to actually go after those people you just you tried to protect with this other bill. That bill is going to make an entirely new class of criminal. Oh, yeah. It's, it's going to give police more power. You are going to empower law enforcement to say, you know what? I don't like this guy right here. I just pulled over. So you know what? Let me mess with him. Right. I can pull him over on the side of the road, and I can detain him as long as I want to because I want to figure out, did he obtain this firearm legally? Yeah. By definition, it would structurally you know, increase the spending obligations to the ATF. Uh, the ATF is you know, only a fraction of the size of the FBI, let's say. But now they're increasing like, the transactions, the commerce, and let's say other things that they want to regulate. Uh, just within this year, would require that agency to be two to three times its current size. Uh, and, of course, all of those agents are armed and trained and ready to, to take you down. Um, that's a real expansion of government, and the, they know that these, uh, these practical realities constrain them as well. All right, we come back from the break. I want to talk about the fact that prosecutors moved to permanently dismiss charges against Kenneth Walker, the boyfriend of Breonna Taylor. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
Yo, what's going on guys? It's Jack Jones here and I get my gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Austin's Talk, 1370. Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. We're getting you insight into what happened the night Louisville police shot and killed Breonna Taylor in her home during a botched drug raid. No drugs were found, and no officer has been charged in her death. In an exclusive broadcast interview, Taylor's boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, tells Gail King what they heard that night and why he fired his gun, which is licensed, at officers. Take us to that moment when your life really changed forever. It was a loud bang at the door. You know, nobody was responding. And we were saying, who is it? You all did ask, who is it? Several times. Several times, both of us. You know, there was no response. You know, the police say that they said several times, it's the police. If they knock on the door and say who it was, we can, we can hear them. It's dead silent. So the doors, the doors fly off the hinges. I, I let off one shot, and you know I'm figuring if somebody's trying to break in or something, they're not, they're not going to want to do anything after that. And after that, what happens? You know, I don't think I ever heard so many gunshots like all at the same time. When did you realize that Brianna had been shot? I guess in the in the middle of all the gunfire, like she screamed, but like I was holding her hand. You like, were holding her hand? Yeah, like while this was happening, pulled her down to the ground. But you know, she was just scared, so she just didn't get down. It's like March 13th every day, pretty much. I never got to say bye. What does justice look like for you, for Breonna Taylor? Breonna Taylor's sitting right here next to me. That's the only justice for me. And tomorrow on CBS This Morning, more of Gail King's exclusive interview with Kenneth Walker and his lawyers. They'll discuss the status of his case and his pending lawsuit alleging police misconduct. All right, so Kentucky prosecutors are moving to permanently dismiss criminal charges against Kenneth Walker, the boyfriend of Breonna Taylor, after nearly a year of legal battles. Now, this happened March 13th of 2020. Now, March 13th was, I call that D-Day. That was the day that the entire country shut down. You know, we shut down. It was like, COVID-19's coming. We're shutting everything down. Well, you know, it's, it's it, and everyone walked into the gun store. People were buying guns like crazy. They didn't care what gun they bought. They didn't care what it was. They didn't care if they knew how to shoot it or not. They didn't even care if they could buy ammunition for the gun. They just bought a gun, you know, with or without ammunition. So, you know, you, you, you got to put your, your mindset like that. You know, the country's shutting down. People are worried that... Someone's going to break into their home and take what they have because there's going to be complete lawlessness in the streets. So this happened that night when all this started. And so with the country thinking of something like this, they executed a no-knock warrant. You know, and this guy said, hey, he didn't hear them announce themselves at all. He asked, you know, who is it? They didn't say anything. And so they're coming through the front door. So he fires shots. Well, you know, in Texas, we call that the castle doctrine. Someone's trying to enter your home unlawfully. You use force, a daily force to stop them. You know, so, you know, and that's happened here in Texas. We had a, a young family. We had a family on the show here where the husband had gone to work here in uh, North Austin. He'd gone to work that morning. 
and the police ex- executed a warrant. The son, who was inside the house, pulled out an AK-47 and fired shots at the police, ended up shooting one of the police officers. You know, and he was actually convicted. So it all depends on your district attorney. It depends on where you are, you know, what's going on. Also depends on that the police decide to stack the courtroom and sit in there in uniform and mean mug the jury. Because then that can affect the outcome of that case. That's how it all plays out. Uh, Well, they're looking at saying, hey, well, Kenneth Walker, because of all the pressure that this received around the country and all the different media outlets, they're saying, hey, you know, this guy, you know, we need to drop this case. You know, this guy clearly, you know, had good intentions. He was defending himself, defending his girlfriend at her home. And then some people are upset. Well, you know, how come the police were not charged? Well, you got to look at the warrant. The only way you're going to be able to charge the police officer if there is something wrong with the warrant. So if they obtained the warrant illegally uh, or, you know, misled the judge in signing the warrant, then that would be an issue and that would be where they committed their crime. Well, if they didn't do anything with the warrant, then, hey, everything they did by shooting whoever was inside the house is going to be covered under the warrant. Now, except for the fact that they shot the neighbors upstairs. They're not covered under that warrant. You can't shoot. You cannot shoot innocent people. So that's when things change, and that's why they were charged for shooting the neighbors upstairs. You kind of got to look at this stuff. Unfortunately, you know, we get these. I get these questions all the time in class. People say, you know, what about this case? What about that case? You know, you got to remove your heart from these situations and take feelings out of it and then look at it in the context of the law and actually what the law says. If you don't like the law, then you know what? Go to your state capitol, go to go to D.C. and change the law if you don't like it. Unfortunately, that's where we are today. Now, I want to talk a little bit about, uh, go back to, you know, this current administration. Because uh, during the 2020 campaign, Joe Biden promised a long list of gun control regulations. Uh, there's a reason that uh, Michael Bloomberg spent $125 million helping Biden in Florida and something over 600 million nationally in the general election. Uh, the agenda included classifying many semi-automatic rifles as magazine and magazines, holding more than 10 bullets as class three weapons, which can require nine months or more for approval and a $200 fee, a national gun licensing, a red flag, uh, red flag laws uh, that let judges take away people's guns without a hearing and background checks on the private transfer of guns and bans on some semi-automatic firearms that happen to look like military weapons. Cody Wilson, what's your thoughts, sir? I mean, Bloomberg's a, he's a shrewd businessman, and he's going to get something for his money. And I'll tell you when, you, when you stack up the money that's been spent, you know, it used to be this characterization that the NRA was the, the gorilla in the, in the lobbying and spending room, right? Uh, but for many years now. Let's the say, elephant in the room. Let's say at least three or four years, uh, Bloomberg has by himself, and with these, let's say, two or three other organizations, including Brady, they've been outspending uh, the NRA and the other the other big spenders in gun lobbying. So anti-gun lobbying, especially at the state level, is winning, okay? And they're finding traction. All through the Trump years, they found traction with red laws, red flag laws, all this stuff, you know, like uh, the magazine stuff, like the, the, the tables and registries. And they've got a plan to attack not just the features and the cosmetic uh, – uses and identity of your gun but they've got a plan to invalidate placa which is a federal statute that protects the people who sell guns they're going to get you on there and we're seeing this right now in new jersey and new york they're, they're going to smith and west and they're saying hey this little thing you said in your website or about your product it's untrue and therefore that makes you liable for all of the stuff that happened with your the, with the use of your gun they got a plan to take out all the classic brands 
all the all the guns that you think are completely untouchable right now. They got a plan at every single level, and they're going to see some kind of progress. They demand it from this president, who, I remind you, is demented. I mean, just building on what Cody said, I worked on a lot of races in the general in the general election in 2020, and we were working against very heavily funded Bloomberg-backed Democrats. And they, thankfully, this time failed to flip the Texas House. But that's not what they anticipated. If you go look at all the early anti-gun bills filed in this legislative session going on in Texas right now, they all check the boxes, uh, limits on magazines, um, repealing stand-your-ground laws. It's everything that Bloomberg and the Brady organization have been talking about. And if you are not paying attention and you're not calling your reps and emailing your reps, we're, we're going to have a we're going to have a uphill fight for gun rights in Texas because you have to pay attention because the left is working. The left is paying attention. They're at the Capitol every single day. I am. And we need to see more. We need to see more pro gun Texans in Austin. Anthony. Like, what's the point? Why don't, we just, why don't we just let them pass all these laws? Like, seriously, like, as a British person, and you're a lobbyist, right? So you're, you're pro-Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. So, like, as an outsider kind of looking into America, it's like there's been a quite clear, like, decline in, like, Second Amendment, like, just with regards to, like, laws, re- re- reductions on um, our freedoms. So, like, I don't understand, like, why, why, why am I support? Like, what are you doing for me in terms of my gun rights? Because when I look at it as a whole, like... The, the, like the pro-gun lobby has done a horrendous job over the past 100 years. Like, I mean, you make that face, but like, seriously, why can't I own a fully automatic weapon? Why can't I buy fully automatic weapons on Amazon? Because, because our Second Amendment rights have been destroyed. Sure, because for so many years, citizens have de- only depended on the gun lobbyists to do their job. They said, hey, I sent the NRA 100 bucks last year. They're going to do this for me. When the simple fact of the matter is, they don't care what any lobbyist has to say. Probably agree. The citizens have to show up, and that's where we have been missing the boat. So that's why I got involved to advocate for the grassroots, to help chain, train the grassroots, and get them to the Capitol, because it's really intimidating. Even parking is a hassle at the Capitol. Now you have to have a COVID test. They're making you wear a mask. Your reps make you set an appointment and sit outside until they're ready for you. It's intimidating. But if you don't show up, yeah, then you've already lost. But we have already lost, haven't we? Like oh. right, right now, I can't buy fully automatic weapons without, without permission from the government. And I can't buy guns online and have it shipped to my house to free USPS, right? So what gun rights do I have? Anthony's argument is always going to be correct because it, it lives in a, in a right. state of purity and in a state of ascended you know and I'm, and i and agree with it I, fact, and personally i love that truth. view it, it, you're really gonna put me in my place because i've been neck deep in this for almost 10 years you're right all right we come back from the break we'll continue that this is michael cargill and you are listening to come and talk it this is totally on noir and you're listening to come and talk it with michael cargill Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now, here's Michael Cargill. All right, Anthony Z saying, man, you know what? You guys aren't doing an- enough to, you know, stand up for our Second Amendment rights. But you know what? In UK, they ain't doing nothing. <laughs> so, Anthony, what's up with that? 
Come on, what's happening? You can't even have a knife in the UK. No, no, They're banning uh, knives. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Oi, and, and, <laughs> why have you? Oi, so, bro. So, 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 what's going on with this? You know, no, like, like I said, if if I didn't if I didn't have American citizenship, I'd buy a three D printer. I'd be printing firearms right now in my house if right. I was in London right now. Right. Like, unfortunately, unfortunately, but you're not. <laughs> I, I have second. I, I have. Um, sorry, I have American citizenship, so uh -huh. I came here, and I'm in Texas for that reason. Okay. All right. Well, and then I expect to see you at the Capitol, you know, <laughs> talking to our elected officials and tell them that these are some of the things that you want to do and get it done. Because they're not going to do it unless you're there. No. You need to be there. They need to see your face, hear your voice, not the same people they see and hear every every year. No, no, I understand that. But again, like, it's like, I, I think it's kind of like a, a losing battle. Like, no, it's not. Not not if you, you got to get out of, you got to get out of the, get back away from the computer, get out of your parents' basement and you got to show up at the Capitol and say, hey. I'm here to stand up for my Second Amendment rights. I'll, I'll defend. I'll defend Anthony here. I, I, I hope he doesn't show up at Capitol. <laughs> but despite his accent, right? You can tell he's a real American because of the entitlement. He is. Uh, he's very, so, very entitled. <laughs> it really should be his way. And you know what? I agree with that. And for everyone back there listening at home, it didn't suddenly just get bad. Now, oh no, the NRA is going bankrupt. I mean, in truth, to Anthony's point, the NRA was the vehicle of modern American gun control since at least the 1920s, but genuinely since the 1960s, because in, in the way that only government bills can be, the so-called Gun Control Act of the 1960s uh, was basically a way that domestic industry and the NRA could protect its interests against foreign industry, because Beretta uh, and HK and everybody, they were getting real good at selling guns. And everybody's mentality, let's say the civic Republican mentality of the 1960s and on, especially as regards guns, was one of uh, one-party opinion. There was a Cold War, we were worried about the, the Soviet Union. We weren't worried about going to war with our country. We were worried about the Red Scare. We were worried about what would become Vietnam and China and the menace in Europe, right? The, the, the questions of the war um, in the immediate post-war period had not been answered. And there wasn't really this genuine idea of, uh, of let's say, like the citizen soldier that's really worried about going to, to, to war with its government like there was in the 1990s. And let's say like the post-Waco period and the Oklahoma City and, and the Clinton years where we really did contemplate an assault weapons ban. And in fact, one half of the country actually was against that at that time. You know, in the 1960s and 70s, uh, it, it wasn't even a question. We didn't have to worry about banning assault weapons. No one had AR-15s. No one was going to have AR-15s. There's a new situation now where the Second Amendment, in fact, you know, didn't really exist until 2008. And, and, and I'll even take the anti-gun position here. Uh, Justice Scalia, in fact, gave us the Second Amendment as we consider it now. And we can say, like, well, it was always this way for 250 years. Americans always had access to military-grade weapons. Legally, in fact, they didn't. Practically, in fact, they didn't. You, it took a confluence of factors of American industry and politics and the division of our country and this left-right divide, the emergence of media phenomena like talk, radio, and the Internet, for us to truly define ourselves as a Second Amendment gun-owning public who stands in contradistinction to the elite interests of a decayed, rotting corporate state, like uh, mascoted by Joe Biden. You know, so in fact, the way we want to exist and the way we want to preserve our Second Amendment wasn't even possible until after 2004 and the expiration of the assault weapons ban. Now, I think it's worth fighting for now, but it, it, it makes almost no sense to go back to, hey, we lost in 1924. Uh, no, we really didn't even get this chance to start fighting until 2008. Go ahead, Derek, get on hey. in here and get some of this. Cody, I, I don't think that you're wrong, but uh, making that point that Scalia really gave us the 2A as, as it should have been for the most part is really concerning to me because in the Heller decision, 
he wrote that you can't interpret the Miller v. United States decision the way that it was actually written because then that would overturn the 86 full auto ban. Because the, uh, for those real quick not familiar with it, the Miller v. United States case was 1938, uh, I believe, and he was arrested for sawed-off shotguns that weren't uh, didn't have a tax stamp. And they ruled in that case, oh, sawed-off shotguns are not covered under the militia uh, arms because it's not a conventionally used weapon of war. And so Scalia oh. said, oh, you can't read it that way because that would mean full auto weapons or, or the ban on full auto weapons is unconstitutional. Look, I'll, I'll still man your point here. I'm not saying Scalia, you're overreading my, my, I'm saying something much more simple. Scalia didn't give us the Second Amendment as it should be, right? The Second Amendment as it should be is uh, the people have access to military grade weapons, including rocket propelled grenades. Why? To murder the government, right? That's not what, right. that's not what the Heller decision is. The Heller decision is, is, is a trick that Scalia delivers to us and says, well, surely there is an individual right to keep and bear arms that are in common use according to this three-part test that I will give you, which, by the way, most federal courts simply ignore the three-part test and apply intermediate scrutiny anyway. So I'm not saying in any meaningful way uh, the Second Amendment, as we've expected it, is finally here now and we can enjoy it. I'm saying a legal cheat happened, and for the first time the federal courts were forced to admit that there is an individual right to keep and bear arms. And even just in Heller, that wasn't even against the states. That was at a federal level and in your home for arms that are you know, in common use for lawful purposes. It's a very cabined thing, but it was the first time, in fact, as a legal creature that it even existed, is what I'm saying. And Oh, no, no, Americans, don't misunderstand. I'm saying the I'm Americans sorry, 25 years ago, uh, uh, the elite uh, legal academy, uh, the practitioners of the federal courts, this is why Miller is the perfect Second Amendment case. Miller had the perfect Second Amendment argument, except it was illegible. No judge uh, seriously ever considered it, or would have, right? I mean, that's that's the problem, right? We didn't... There, there wasn't an audience for this argument until the 2000s. I'm saying we can exist and fight with this, with this rhetoric only now. Yeah, we're on the same page. I was just saying that it, it was, that your point is extra concerning. It should, and it should be concerning, because the state is is doing what the state does, well, look, and if that you're, is, if you're waiting on the Supreme Court to save our Second Amendment, <laughs> you know, I mean, I think everyone's learned in the last 10 years just just how long you're going to be waiting on that one. You're the skeleton on the park bench, man. I mean, you know, like just that New York Kerry case. Right. I mean, they'll the, the Democrats show you how craven they are. They'll wait. And they know the, the Supreme Court won't pick it up anyway. But when they do, they'll change the law and, and moot it regardless. Mm. So, OK, the best Second Amendment decision we've had in 10 years is about, uh, I don't know, stun guns or something. I mean, you're not going to you're not going to get your AR-15 saved by Amy Coney Barrett. I'm sorry to say. But there are certain ground truth realities about, well, Joe Biden has to pay lip service to the fact that the Second Amendment exists as an individual right to keep and bear arms. And so it makes him fret. Uh, insofar as he's capable of thought, I will remind you the president is demented. Judge my physical, mental, my physical as well as my mental fitness. <laughs> <laughs> it's sterling. It's sterling. Now you know how bad it is with Joe because the reporters, when you see him out there walking in the White House and stuff, the reporters are like, "Joe, how do you like the White House?" They talk to him like you know, they, they, you talk to your grandma or something. Like oh. a foreign exchange student who hasn't got like, great, <laughs> yeah. like a very like good he, grip on English. Exactly, like he doesn't even speak English. <laughs> so like, oh, that's nice. So, okay. Anyway, I'm, I guess I'm not trying to say anything other than like, you know, sure, we don't live in the ideal republic of, a, of our minds where every man is a king, obviously. But the Second Amendment really didn't exist as a legal organism in any meaningful way until like 12 years ago. And the mask yeah. is. No, 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 you're no, right. Go ahead. No, I, I was just, I was just agreeing. Go ahead. All right. And then, uh, Cody, where does uh, Bitcoin cryptocurrency comes in all this? Well, this is what's great about, um, you know, events and technology. Um, before three... Is it going to go to 100 grand? That's what I need to know. Oh, all, all the way. All the way. In, is it going to happen this year? Still more. 
No, I can't tell you that. That'd be giving you financial advice, and I'm not a, I'm not a financial professional, regulated by no entity. But uh, you know, J.P. Morgan and, and Bank of America have set really aggressive price targets on Bitcoin. You won't hurt yourself investing in other asset classes, especially Bitcoin, which is probably the hardest money to ever exist in history. Why? Because the U.S. dollar is about the softest currency to ever exist in history, and I hear another 1.9 trillion of it is about to get shotgun into the financial system. So uh, it's on that, never too early. On that not financial advice, I would definitely not <laughs> give financial advice to people to, and tell them that they should look at the crypto called Chainlink because it's amazing. <laughs> um, I, I definitely dump, would yeah. not advise that. This guy's yeah. pumping and dumping. Didn't you see what they did to John McAfee? All right, he got arrested for, for less than what you just did there, sir. Oh, oh well, uh, sorry, Fed boys. Uh, my apologies. Um, but and no, I'm not pumping and dumping. I'm pumping and hodling like crazy. But here, but here's some stuff, right? The you by the rules of the empire, the U.S. dollar will always be the currency, right? It'll always be legal tender. Okay, but we all know that the U.S. dollar is toilet paper, and maybe forty to forty-five percent of all U.S. dollars that exists were created in the last twelve months. Well, that's not a comforting thought, and maybe the bond market is completely now, you know, lost its head because of this stimulus. And the government will tell you, well, there's no inflation. You don't have to worry about it. But I think you probably do. And I think no, no country that's figured out this phase of like printing its currency this quickly has ever really ended well. So maybe it's time to buy some other assets. I'm not saying that's Bitcoin, but you should probably look at Bitcoin. Hey, all right, let's pay devil's advocate. Until you pull Saddam Hussein out of that hole and he's like, hold on, I'm trying to lock up my lock my wallet so you guys can get access to my 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 coins here uh he he pulls out dollars hey man uh hey michael Buildings i got something full for of you dollars well look the 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 federal government arrested a guy uh and they have his bitcoin wallet but he won't unlock it for them to seize those assets good smart on so, him good on him just saying so you can't have it and i can't either See what he really bought there wasn't <laughs> what he what he didn't he he bought dignity he didn't right. buy currency he bought dignity. <laughs> you no you can't <laughs> you can't have it I can't either. All right so we come back we're gonna talk we're gonna finish talking about I want to talk about the universal background checks to get you guys thoughts on that you know where you know where we are on that. I'm um, gonna talk about the fact that uh, Pelosi says her party won't rest until shootings like the one that took place at the Parkland are permanently curbed. Who's worse? Democrats or Republicans worse when it comes to gun control. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It. This is Brittany Glaze, and I get my global gun news from Michael Cargill on Come and Talk It. Talk Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill. All right, so you guys hear about that encampment in Austin, Texas, the autonomous zone? You guys hear about that? Yeah, we have an autonomous oh, zone. You didn't one. know that? We got one. We got Wait, one. <laughs> you I never, talking I'm about like all this. the sidewalks and underpasses, right? No, no, no. What happens in the, in the California and Oregon and Washington State eventually comes to Austin, Texas. So in Austin, Texas, we have an autonomous zone, and it's still there today, right now. So basically, you have a group of people that you know, uh, and this how this came about, uh, Keith. 
a person named Keith co-founded the Austin-based activist group called the 400 Plus One. Uh, he says that the Austin Police Department is not telling the full story about the death of 21-year-old Jordan Walton. He said the police say Walton crashed his Jeep into a home at Rogue Lane <laughs> and Maina Road and then broke into a neighboring home. And police say that the officer shot and killed Walton when he fired his gun and then tried to use a child as a human shield. And so they're saying, hey, something's not right with that story. And so they've taken over the park. And the Austin Parks and Recreation workers posted a notice on Wednesday warning the group that it had one day to leave the park. If you didn't leave the park, they weren't going to do nothing. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so they didn't They didn't leave the park. Undetermined consequence. That's right. And so they're still there today. And so uh, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. And they're saying that, hey, you know, this, this area, they're claiming this area east of I-35, uh, pretty much all of East Austin, pretty much District One. There, he's saying we claim this area, this territory. We're saying this is autonomous, and we're you know we're not going to recognize the government. We're not recognizing law enforcement or anything wow. like that. Wow. Yeah. So. Wow. What do you, what do you guys think about that? If Support. anyone from that organization is listening, <laughs> your font is really bad on your website. <laughs> really bad. Well, they don't have. That's they're, amazing. They're living in the park. They don't have electricity. We need. To well, they had a website. We need to see it once to their logistics. And we need to make sure that they, they're getting supplies and, and security and everything that they need. That's right. Anthony, at once. <laughs> I don't like go down there. I like the Jesus Anthony, for Anthony, we will send you as a, as a diplomat <laughs> for the 400 plus one. Can see, are they, what are they? Are they anarchists? Are they like commies? What are they? Uh, it's not sure. Have they declared a political ideology, Mike? Don't know. Let's see. Uh, Probably broadly anti-police. Uh, well, I mean, we can both agree on that, right? So like, That's knows. right. Austin is so relaxed, though, and it's, you know, like the police are chill. The protesters are chill. It's all a very relaxed affair. They're probably just like, we're just going to be in the park. So, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a protest, you know. Here we are. We're going to chill for a minute. There's no verve to Austin protests. I can't believe I haven't heard of this. <clears throat> yeah. I, can, I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's a, it's a big it's a big deal. Are they establishing deal. barriers? Yeah. Yes. They have an outline. They actually did Excellent. it did it the week that we had the snowstorm. They oh, drove around, excellent. did a little outline and say, hey, this is our territory and we're not going to acknowledge, you know, we're not going to recognize, you know, the government and, or law enforcement. So have any have any businesses declared allegiance? No, not yet. No one's declared allegiance. I'm not prepared to declare allegiance. Though. No? You're not ready yet? There's <laughs> no one else to step forward. We Wait. must meet with the executive committee. All right, Central Texas Gun Works, step forward. You're going to step forward? You step forward? Do you support the autonomous zone? Heck no, you crazy. Corner plus one? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, you're pro-police. I get it. <laughs> oh, oh, see. Look, you got to, you know, you have choices. No, it's all good. I'm not putting myself out there thing. like we that. We don't know enough about this group. How they can we say hate anything? Me. They hate me as it is. We will study this group and its literature. They have a syllabus. We invite them to communicate with us their demands. What does the syllabus say? <laughs> Got a really good website, like the media on the, on the header. The grammar is kind of bad, so I haven't grasped exactly what they're saying. It's one. a lot of words. What are your demands? It's a lot of words, but not like a lot of content. If well, that makes it's sense. It's the the Black Liberation Autonomous Zone. Oh, uh, it, they they call it Arisha Land, uh, has formed in Austin, and they reject the government and envision sovereignty as the vehicle to a freedom that has yet to be experienced by the African diaspora. I, I guarantee I'm going to go there, and it's going to be full of middle class white people. It's like, this, it, is the east it is, side. this is East Side Austin. You know it I mean? is very Austin. possible. There's going to be a lot of Priuses and a lot of Teslas. Highly likely. That's right. Well, Anthony, I think 
Because they're there to tell the black people what they need and what exactly, they want. Exactly, exactly. Anthony, you're in a position to take over. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. This is, this is your calling, Anthony. I, I, I'm definitely going. Well, I mean, I live on. You the can rise up as the king. The yeah, no, is like, 101. Well, no, I don't believe in monarchy. So. No. Oh, <laughs> your highness. You know, that's why Sparta would have two kings. That's right. Uh, that's right. Know, one was always looking at the other. Um, so basically, on Sunday, February the 14th, 400 plus one. Uh, collective led an 11-mile car procession around the perimeter of what is now 400 plus one protected territory, renaming the area Arisha Land nice. and rejecting the state's authority within it. That's a romantic name, Arisha Land. Arisha Land. I like it. It's kind of out of time, out of space. Or, you know, it's like yeah. sweeping. They've got the right. I don't know. I like it. Get your heart. I like what I'm hearing. <laughs> uh, East Austin wasn't doing much anyway. No. Getting gentrified. <laughs> it's awful. All the good bars are gone. Has been gentrified. Yeah. It's good to bring a little East Austin back to East Austin, you know. I went to a bar in East Austin the other day, and it was like twenty dollars for one drink. Oh my and I was God. like, I've, I've, I gotta go. And they also had to pay fifteen dollars to park. All these Californians. It's awful. All these San Franciscans. Right. Yeah, well, if you want to check out the capital of Arisha Land, go to. It's called Jordan's Place, the capital of Arisha Land. Yeah. Formerly known as Rosewood Park. Oh, wait a minute. It's located at 2300 Rosewood Avenue. Wait, is that near the Rosewood? Yeah, yeah on the south side Street. of the park, closest to Pleasant Valley. Oh, no. Did they claim the Confederate Cemetery? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. There's going to be monument destruction. <laughs> going to be. Burn it down. A statue conflict. Burn it down. Anthony, we must send you to defend the Confederate Cemetery. <laughs> Are we taking a field trip over there after the show? You want to field trip? Yeah, we'll take your car oh, because no. there's cameras. Oh, no. It's fortified, no. not mine. No, no. Yeah. It's tented. Bulletproof. Okay. Whose place? Jordan's uh, place. Jordan's Jordan place, place yeah, is named car. in memory of Jordan Walton, who reportedly died in an officer-involved shooting on February the 10th, according to the website. Law, officer, uh, law officers, law enforcement officers, did not locate a press statement from the Austin Police Department regarding the shooting, and we made an in inquiry and... They are waiting to hear back. It was established Valentine's Day. That's perfect. The yeah. Perfect use of natural disasters. Valentine's I Day. I cannot believe I've just now heard of this. Yeah, man, dude, where are you? I don't. You know, I'm nowhere, man. God, I'm come on stuck out. with old Joe Biden, waiting on Joe Biden to do what See, he does. See, can't hang with the old folks. Yeah. Come on, man. I'm aged out. I'm aged out. <laughs> yeah. I can't be in the club. No, you can't. No, no. Uh, All right, so legally. there is no private property, uh, and food is grown on every lawn. The health and no, safety. and comms. <laughs> The health, health and safety of members of our society are prioritized over profit always, mm -hmm. but especially during global health crises and natural disasters. Reproductive equity means freedom from the exploitation of wage labor, sex-free of stigma and constraints, free and accessible abortion, a right to pleasure flowing wild Whoa. and uninhibited, Whoa. and safe, happy, power-balanced child rearing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's well, a lot of that's a lot of California in one sense. Yeah, I, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if this was a bunch of San Franciscans experiencing their new Austin guilt and trying to do something really Austiny, but like, there's not enough Austinites in it. You, you know? lost me at child. Hey, direct democracy reigns supreme, and the space for the corruption of true democratic principles oh, no. is eliminated. I bet you Antonio's connected. He's the earth can breathe again, and balance returns to the universe. You gonna no, learn today. Oh, no. What do you guys think? Oh man, too much. Anarcho-communism doesn't phone, work. Man. Let's get him Let's on the phone. After this, we'll talk to him. Right, we'll go down there. We'll, we'll go down yeah. there and get an established contact. First contact. Yeah. All right, and we'll see. If we can get someone on the on the show next weekend. Can we pregame that? Has anyone else recognized? We're gonna have to pregame that. 
for me to deal with that stuff. I got a pregame. I'm sorry, say again? I just wonder if anyone else has recognized them. Like, have other autonomous zones recognized them? No, no, no. There are no other autonomous zones. Right? Oh, like, you mean other states? No, I just mean, like, you know, other. Well, there was, like, the Chaz and the Chop, and they survived for, like, a long time. They yeah, were, like, they for, like, eight weeks. Like, I hope they're speaking to the mayor, for example. We need to help them. And get their list of demands? Because you know the city council is all about it, and you know the mayor would be all about it if, if you could connect them. Well, they just, the city of Austin passed this little uh, thing this past week of, you know, of, you know, apologizing to the yeah to to the black community for you know slavery and racism and stuff. I think it's telling it was a lapse in judgment. It's telling that the city sent the Parks and Recreation Department to deal with them rather than APD. Right, right. That tells you everything. I think we're gonna be here with the four hundred for a while. <laughs> All right, <laughs> this is gonna be it's gonna be a, a good ordeal. It's we gonna... need to put them in touch with the mayor. Yeah, you think it's gonna get violent? No, no. I, it's in gonna fact, be peaceful. I, I think Austin is primed. For something to have like the this. most successful, longest lived, yeah, autonomous zone. Okay. Yeah, you're you're right. Because you know? yeah, you're right. They were smart. They didn't take down. They didn't take over a part of downtown. They took over East Austin. So. No one So now the American act way more involved. Unlike and, the mayor of Portland, he it's can a, be like, "Well, look, we really got to hear them out," you know. And the city council can like solve the homeless problem. Like we can like a lot of things can get fixed here. Hmm. This is important. We need to help this happen. Okay. All right. All right, Cody. We're gonna put you on this on this um, on this committee. Well, I'm not the best representative for the city of Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I feel like haven't we seen you before? No, I, uh, I second the nomination of Cody Wilson. Yeah, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think you should lead this envoy. Hey guys. No, I think honestly, I think Anthony is in a position unlike to take over. Anyone I can even think of at the city right now. You're right. Yeah. I think you go down there. I don't think with a direct mission to take over, but I do think, because like their stated objectives are for black communities and to regain historical lost power and all this stuff. So I, I accept to benefit from this. Uh, yeah. Do you want to reclaim some power? 100%. Some, <laughs> I'm thinking they're, about the, they're really about to let you. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Mike, uh, you know, you probably have a claim as well. I don't know. I look. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Think about it. I, I have to dig deep. Probably get some free vegetables. Then they that's... had a really nice, like, little flower garden. Really? Mm-hmm. It was that's... very quick. How do you feel about organic? Do they have any meat? <clears throat> I'm, I'm a meat person. Mike, we'll let you know. I love some meat. Mike, <laughs> you could be their PR director. Me? No, not me. Yeah. Yeah, you've already got the you got the platform. You got you, you can handle all that, man. Oh, uh, no. I'm guessing know. their gun policy isn't very good, but they did say that they have... 400 plus one protected territory. Mm. So what does that mean? Where's the guns? There must be a, that must imply armed, right? Should we go down there and set up a 3D I printer? I need you. All right, we come back next week. We're going to have this all lined out. We're going to find out. We're going to send somebody down yeah. there. We're going to investigate. Right now, We're going to get down to the source of this. Anthony's going to be the head of our envoy uh, to go over there and, and make first contact with Orisha Land. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening. Come and talk it with Michael Cargill.
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 